I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets, a podcast where we discuss the latest talks of the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Today, I have with you, with me, my friends, Burke and Rivka. How are you today, Burke? I am so happy to be here talking about conference, so I'm, I'm great. Awesome. And Rivka, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Wonderfully. Great. Wonderfully. Wonderfully wonderful? Yes. Excellent. Well, um, my name is Todd, by the way, and rather than talk about the weather, which I'm always interested in this time of year, although I am going to mention the snow flurries outside my house right now, um, I had two follow-up things from our our last talk that I wanted to briefly mention. Mm -hmm. So we talked about um, how faith and love are similar, principles of action and power, Mm -hmm. and we often continue our discussions after we stop recording um, and Burke, you said something that I really loved, uh, when we were done, you said f- love with, I almost said faith love without works is dead. I thought that was really cool. Um, tell me what, how you came up with that. That was while you and Rivka were talking about love being a principle of power. That was immediately the scripture that popped, popped into my head, you know, faith without works is dead at being alone. I can't remember exactly the wording. It depends on the translation. Um, but I thought about that, you know. And even the extension is, you know, I will show you my love by my works. And that works better for me as a principle of action rather than just a feeling. Although I'd understand the feeling and I have the feeling. Right. But yeah. Awesome. I loved it. Love without works is dead. The other insight that I had, and I don't believe I shared that is critically important. And I cannot believe that I didn't talk about this. The person who gave the talk was named Elder Hugo Montoya, which is very close to Inigo Montoya. And what would a podcast from members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints be without Princess Bride references? It would be nothing. Um, So epic fail on that uh, to throw that reference in, but I thought I would remedy that. So Maybe we'll get a chance this conference sometime. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I quoted Princess Bride talking to you, Todd, just before we started this recording. So you you did today. <laughs> that, that is a hundred percent factual. Yep. <laughs> uh, that word, anyways. <laughs> well, uh, today we are going to talk about this day. A talk by Elder Rasband of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles from the morning session from the Saturday morning session of the October 2022 General Conference. And there are lots of cool pictures in this talk of his old Book of Mormon, of highlights, of him as a missionary, really good stuff in there. So another one that you really want to look up and read so you can see the cool pictures. Um, So let's get started here. Burke, what was your fundamental doctrine that you learned from this talk? Well, speaking of reading the Book of Mormon... Um, his vintage 1970 edition. He says, reading it 
I came to witness by the Spirit that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he is my Savior, that these scriptures are the word of God, and that the gospel is restored. Those truths rest deep within me. As the prophet Nephi said, my soul delighteth in the things of the Lord. And I just love that encapsulation of why the Book of Mormon is so important, because what it did for him, it can also do for each of us. Fantastic. I love it. A really good encapsulation of the power of the Book of Mormon. So, Rivka, how about you? What was your fundamental doctrine? I um, I don't know. That's such a good one. That was sort of mine. Um, that was the obvious one. Uh, obvious. <laughs> Obviously. But, okay, I'll do this one because this one really isn't necessarily about the sharing, and it's also a quote from President Nelson. But it says uh, the truth. Well, President Nelson said the truths of the Book of Mormon have the power to heal, comfort, restore, succor, strengthen, console, and cheer our souls. Um, and then it says, I've watched as these copies of the Book of Mormon, this is Elder Rasband, I've watched as the, these copies of the Book of Mormon have been clutched in the hands of those who have received them from our prophet of God, there could be no greater gift. And I liked that Im- imagery of, of clutching to something that gives you all of these things. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. That reminds me of Hold Fast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, such an interesting exchange that I, I guess when I was reading that, I was picturing moments when I've shared the Book of Mormon. And I mean, that transfer from hand to hand and just sort of that, you know, grab hold with me sort of, um, sort of an imagery is pretty beautiful. I love it. So it's sort of a visual symbol of the spiritual underpinnings of what's happening there. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Hold fast. If, if those who have not listened to that episode or don't recall, um, that came from, that was elder Bednar, right? Who talked about that? Well, he, he referenced it and then we went on this extended discussion (laughs) and Rivka looked it up and it's a Navy term, right? It means to, um, bear down and fight through the storm. So like hold on to the railings. So you don't get pitched over the side basically. Right. Um, yeah. Clutching the book of Mormon, holding fast to the iron rod. Very similar, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Um, I didn't come away with a single quote that was a fundamental doctrine. I, I love these stories that are, or these talks that are sort of travel logs or story full of stories. Um, it's harder to pick out like a, you know, a doctrine, but maybe, going away from a direct quote, just the idea that the Book of Mormon is is the Lord's tool to uh, bring forth his kingdom in the latter days, one one of many, uh, the others, you know, including prophets and temples and so forth. But, you know, it's the the foundation there. Um, I just came away with a great sense of the importance of the Book of Mormon. So I just really enjoyed hearing how much it was impressed upon him, um, how important the Book of Mormon is and how much he he held the Book of Mormon dear to his heart, not just the one that he showed uh, from the 70s, but just the Book of Mormon in general. Yeah. So more of a general impression than a specific quote. So, all right, Burke, let's go back to you. Um, any of these stories really stand out to you or other specific quotes you wanted to highlight? Uh, well, a couple. Um, one goes along with what I already kind of read. And he says, with each reading of the Book of Mormon front to back, I was filled with a profound love for the Lord. And I 
this goes back to what we have talked about many times where the act of reading the scriptures sometimes accomplishes different things in your life than what you're seeking to get out of the words in front of you. And I, I really like that this act of reading scriptures can increase again, doing something that is active and love being a, um, an active power that he is filled with a profound love for the Lord. I would almost think you would expect to feel that the other direction. Um, so I love that it speaks to Mm. the change that it makes in your heart that yes, reading the scriptures may show you the love of the Lord for others and may give you an appreciation for his love for you. He was actually filled with, with the love. And I think a greater desire to teach others about Jesus Christ just by reading the book of Mormon and study. I love it. And that, that phrase came at the end of a story. Um, he told where he was a missionary and he took the the counsel of a visiting general authority who said to get two, uh, was it two copies or to read it twice? I think it was just to read it twice. Yep. And one time Mark, um, everything that pointed to or testified of Jesus Christ and the other Mark principles or doctrines of the gospel. And then it shows this wonderful picture of the red and the yellow and then all the other colors he ended up using and the notes and everything. Um, not quite as lovely and well um crafted as Rivka's notebooks, but just as spiritually impactful. So um so what what system or what kind of techniques do y'all use when you study your scriptures? Are are you highlighting, are you taking notes? I know Rivka's journaling, but just describe for us because everybody does it a little differently. And, and Burke, we'll go back to you. Um I answer first. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know interestingly because the way I absorb scriptures mostly now is while I'm driving. Um, I don't have as much of an opportunity to leave notes unless um, something is particularly meaningful to me. And then I remember it to write it down later in the day, which of course does not happen as often as I might like. But the interesting thing for me in times when I'm preparing for a lesson or I'm looking for scriptures is how often now, and this is what I love about the fact that I've been using an electronic version of scriptures for years and years and years now is that all of my notes are still there and some of them are quite long. And I love that I'll, I'll see a scripture and I'll click on my note and I'll read this paragraph and I'll be like, Holy smokes, that guy knew what he was talking about. You know, (laughs) (laughs) and I have no recollection of having thought about any of those things. So it's so great to have it brought back to me. But for me, the other interesting thing is just having a nearness to the scriptures every day that when I need a scripture, I need a quote. I can always remember the words. Sometimes I got to search to figure out which scripture that was and where it is so I can find the rest of it, but just have it in my mind. There's so many times when I can remember a string of words from a scripture that I can then go find that will bring something um, up for me. So I, I think really the key here is being just familiar, just find a way to be in the scriptures every day, whatever works for you. Okay. So it sounds a lot like immersion, um, as opposed to sort of a detailed, um, uh, note-taking approach or yeah. anything like that. It's more immersing yourself in the scriptures. Well, and even in probably the last three or four months, um, I always get to the part of third Nephi right, um, before the savior comes to the continent. And I feel like I have to go back to the beginning of Helaman again. And I don't know if it's because of what's going on in the world right now. But I have just been immersing myself in that section, just that 30, basically 30 year period of time, um, maybe 40, 50, right before Christ is born and then up 
through what would have been his life during his life, but actually on the Nephi continent and going back through it and back through it, just it's such a tumultuous time. And I've been finding a lot of peace in that. So I love it. So even staying in the same section or, mm-hmm. or repeatedly reading it or listening to it. Yeah. So great. So Rivka, what do you do when you read the scriptures or are you marking the scriptures? Or are you just journaling? Um, yeah. Over the years I have done, I don't probably just about every possible thing or way you could do things. Um, lots of different colors, all just in red with the red seminary pencil and red ink. I have done study journals. I've done, um, <laughs> less beautiful, very messy, uh, like steno pad notes that I still have those too. Um, and I think for me, the thing that I have learned over all these years of doing this is that the reasons that I've changed up what I'm doing, sometimes it's because I'm bored. Sometimes it's because it's like, I fell into that trap that we have of like, there's, there's like going to be the best possible way to study. And I've just got to find that so I can do this the best possible way there is. Um, and you know, sometimes it's just different opportunities that present themselves. I even have some, like I've had stickers before that I've done stuff with. So there are so many different ways, but the thing that I've learned over all those years is that the way in which we take notes or study or markup or highlight, um, whether it's in books or digitally or anything, I we don't. I don't think there's any reason that we need to be super consistent about the how we're doing it, as long as we're being consistent about reading our scriptures. So you know, I don't know. Some people like probably have one way, and that's the way they do it for forty years. And maybe there are people who are like me that just are like, "How are we going to do it this time?" Because we've got to mix it up. And um, yeah, whatever the way that is working for you right now is awesome. And as long as you're in the scriptures consistently. So consistency is the key and flexibility to do what works. If that's what you need. If like a super consistent regimented routine is what you need to do it, then do that. But I think the hows of, of, you know, note taking or, or highlighting or that sort of thing, there's not, I don't think there's one right way. I've tried them all and they've all been great <laughs> depending on the, the time. So there's not going to be like one best way to do it, but the best thing we can be doing, I guess the best way to do it is just every day. Right. Hmm. Okay. Back to consistency. Yeah. Great. Um, I think that is so challenging for everybody mm-hmm. to just be consistent, but, uh, but so important. Um, What's worked for me is one of those things that um, I learned in the Atomic Habits book, which is to pair that habit with another habit. So for a while, I was uh, walking outside in the morning. Now it's too cold, so I walk on the treadmill. So I'm typically reading my scriptures then or pairing it with eating breakfast. You know, one of those things I do every morning, um, I, I try to always do it then. And then much like Burke, I love audio stuff. So I'll listen to scriptures or books from Desert Book or conference talks or um, podcasts or whatever the case may be when I'm driving or doing odd tasks um, just to keep myself immersed in them. Um, 
lately I've been using the features of the Gospel Library app. So you can highlight something and then immediately search it on Google. And then from there, you can look at, you know, what other people have said. I like tagging things. So I'm sort of making my own like personal topical Mm -hmm. guide. So I've been really interested in um, God's anger lately and trying to like understand that. And so I've been tagging it. Every time I see it, I tag it with the word wrath. And then I mark it gray instead of yellow, which is my usual highlighting color. So there's, like you said, Rivka, there's a million ways, um, whatever. And like both of you said, whatever way works best for you. But those are just some of the ways that I have um, enjoyed reading my scriptures. And I love the little notifications that the app gives you now um, if you choose to turn them on. So every morning at five in the morning, the little app says, hey, it's time to read this section of, you know, come follow me. So um, that way I... I always have that notification there. Um, and as I think Rivka said a few podcasts ago, it's automatic. It's basically my phone is just telling me, read your scriptures, read your scriptures. So um, it's nice to have that reminder. So, well, I enjoyed reading about what he did and him taking that challenge. So anyone who has not been consistently reading their scriptures, who is listening right now, I would invite you to take that that challenge that he did. Start in the Book of Mormon or, or come follow me, whatever works for you. But jump into that Book of Mormon and just search for references of Christ. Um, mm-hmm. And having something you're studying for really helps you to pay attention to what you're doing. So great. Rivka, what else stood out to you from this talk? Um, One of the things that I learned this week as I was reading through it came from a pa- a pattern. I saw a pattern in the story that he shared. Um, He said, recently I was on assignment in Mozambique. The citizens of this beautiful country are struggling with poverty, poor health, unemployment, storms, and political unrest. I had the honor of meeting with the country's president, um, Philippe Nayusi. I probably killed that. Sorry. At his request, <laughs> <No> I, <worries. laughs> I prayed for him and his nation. I told him we were building a temple of Jesus Christ in his country. At the end of our visit, I presented him a copy of the Book of Mormon in Portuguese, his native language. As he gratefully accepted the book, I testified of the hope and promise for his people found in the Lord's words on its pages. And as as I was thinking about that, I that is a pattern that the Book of Mormon provides across the board. So I kind of was looking at that and thinking that this works. This story could be told about the Book of Mormon being introduced or or being given to like this country, a country, wards, families, and individuals can all have the same pattern happen. So it defined the country as being beautiful, but also having struggles which works with wards and families and individuals. Um, and then he, he told them that the work was they're building a temple of Jesus Christ. And we're told all the time that, I don't know, our bodies are a temple, but really what I was thinking was temples are places where we participate in the making and the keeping of covenants. And that also can go for wards or families or individuals. Um, and, and then as the Book of Mormon comes in and as we gratefully accept its teachings, what's promised 
Um, well, that there are, he says, I testify of the hope and promises for his people. And so that is some of what comes from the Book of Mormon. There are a lot of promises in the Book of Mormon um, that are for those who who are trying to live the gospel. And there's hope in that too. So that was just one of like, I was thinking about that all week and thinking how this experience that he had in the country of Mozambique and the blessings that will come to that country because of the temple and because of the Book of Mormon being shared there um, can also happen. Like that's just a pattern. No matter where where the Book of Mormon goes, that is the capacity that it can bring into into homes and into lives. Yeah, it's a it's a book of power. Yeah, um, I I love that extension, Rivka, from countries to wards to families to people um it's a lot like anything in the scriptures there it's applicable in so many different ways depending on the scenario so um yeah the book of mormon can help all sorts of groups or individuals uh when i was a missionary in portugal we all dreamed of being transferred to mozambique um <laughs> at the time i don't believe there was a mission there and so we were all excited we wanted to open up the the work and go in there and um, so it was kind of fun to hear him talk about Mozambique and uh, talk about giving him a, a Book of Mormon in Portuguese. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I I was just so impressed by all these stories yeah. of him sharing it, of President Nelson sharing it. Um, of course, we're not in the position to meet with dignitaries and so forth. But I imagine in that formal setting, even when someone who was meeting with a religious leader might expect something, some religious discussion, um, it still takes courage, I think, to in that formal setting say, "Hey, I'm giving you this Book of Mormon. I want you to read it." And then to President Nelson, to him, for him to like sit down and read it with him, that was so cool. Yeah. Um, to like, hey, I'm going to read Third Nephi 11 with you, and you're going to love it. Um, so, just some really great stories there. I really enjoyed reading those. Um, Burke. How about you? Anything else from here that you wanted to highlight? Well, it's interesting you just said that. That um you know, even for these men whose job is to be special witnesses of Jesus Christ, it can probably still be stressful. <laughs> Interestingly, um, about a week ago, a little over a week ago, I was at work and um, talking with a coworker and I don't remember how we got on the subject of the church or something. And she mentioned um, a very awkward viewing, I think maybe with a parent or something, um, saw the, the Book of Mormon play, which is not at all actually affiliated with the Book of Mormon. Um, yeah, the book is always better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I said, yeah, I haven't seen it. She said, no, it, it would not be for you. Um, and I said, but now that you've seen the play, I've, you know, you should read the book. And she said, yeah, I think I probably should. And I said, oh, well, I'd be happy to get you a copy. I mean, there's like easily, I can give you electronic access to read it, but I'll, I'll get you a paper copy. And I have worked with the same person again and I, I haven't done it yet. Because, and this is interesting, I, I need to write my testimony in the book. Mm. And for the first time in my life, I'm not sure exactly. I feel like, what is it? Ether 1225, you know, where like we have so many words um, that when we try to write them down, we stumble because we're not sure. Like I, I have a lifetime of experiences with this book and I'm trying to tell someone else who knows almost nothing about it, how important it is to me. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I'm actually struggling to put the right words together 
you know, like if I could talk about it for a few hours, we would be great, you know, <laughs> but, um, and so when you say that it's difficult, uh, I've always over the years, so many times I've heard people say like, well, what if someone asks me about the church and I give the wrong answer? I've always just kind of like, you just, you just talk and the spirit helps you. But now I'm running into this writing words down. And so I, I really had hoped that by the time we got to this talk, I would have already done it. And I could be like, yay. And, and I, I haven't yet. So I, I really need to, <laughs> but I'm, I'm struggling a little bit because of the, yeah. the, the pressure of it, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, two verses later, you know what he follows that up with. Uh, and if men come unto me, I will show them their weakness and I give them weakness that they may be humble. Well, and humble. my grace is sufficient <laughs> for all men that they humble themselves before me. So weak things will become strong unto them. So yeah. I expect that when you report, when you have given it to her, that you will report about weak things becoming strong. So it's going to be fantastic. I hope so. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm still like, I'm, st- I'm still amazed because I've had so few opportunities to give. I mean, I think other than on my missionary service, I've given one other Book of Mormon away pretty much my whole life to someone who actually wanted yeah. it, you know? And so to have someone right, right. tell me, yeah, I would like to read it. And then <laughs> for it to be a week and a half later, be like, oh, I still haven't done it yet. Yeah. I would, I would not have foreseen I would have this difficulty. So. <laughs> Well, Elder Rasband has an invitation for you. He does. Um, he says, I invite you this day to give a Book of Mormon to your friends and family, your associates at work, your soccer coach, or the produce man at your market. Um, that, uh, I'm assuming by all of those, he means everybody and anybody, not just those individuals. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he gives a promise at the end, a few paragraphs later, he says, I promise that you'll be participating in the greatest work on earth, the gathering of Israel, as you are inspired to reach out to those who have been kept from the truth because they know not where to find it. I thought that was an interesting promise. He didn't say you will be blessed with um, increased faith or you will have peace or the people who receive the Book of Mormon will be baptized. Or He said, I promise you'll be participating in the work, yeah, which is pretty interesting. Um, but it does give a sense of purpose and it, uh, I did like that promise. It's a little bit different than usual. So, um, there you go, Burke, you have a good promise, right? An invitation and a promise right from an apostle. I know. And part of the reason I brought this up is cause I, I need the, uh, I need the accountability. So <laughs> indeed I will get it done. Awesome. That's a great opportunity though. And I have tried to give out Book of Mormons before, copies of the Book of Mormon before, to people who, who have not asked for them. And it is nerve wracking and I do not know how to do it or what to do. Like it is very challenging. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm great at fellowshipping people. I'm great at being friends or serving people. It's very hard for me to be like, here's this Book of Mormon. It's the best thing I've ever read. Um, it will change your life. But it's so silly. Why should it be so hard? Because it is such a great thing. So why wouldn't I share it with them? I, I don't know. It's a conundrum. Yeah, it's difficult. I hear you. So, well, Rivka, anything to add to that in terms of invitations or promises? Um, I do. I do think it's interesting to note he has a lot of footnotes in this talk. Um. But he just sometimes gives a little more information about 
stories or the things that he's telling. But footnote 29. So in the talk, he says, you do not need to carry printed copies of the book with you. You can easily share it from your mobile phone or the scriptures section of the Gospel Library app. And I think it's really fun that um, footnote 29, if you go to it right there, he like gives you instructions how to do it. Yeah. Like yeah. where, where and how. And that it's just for me, like when I saw that, I just thought that's actually really useful, probably for a lot of people. Um, but to me showed the importance of, to him of this, like, this is a legitimate way to do it. And here is like the really easy way to make this happen electronically. And then he gives the invitation. Well, I've got to turn back to it now. Hang on. After that, he said, think of all those who could be blessed by the gospel in their lives and then send them a copy of the Book of Mormon from your phone, um, which is just like, <laughs> I don't know, you could do that sitting on your couch. You can't do that with a physical book. You, you generally have to go visit someone <laughs> to do that or meet up with Right. Them. But that is, that's a um, an easy way. And especially with a generation who does so much through texting or messaging um, and conversations are happening that way. It's so, I think it's such a wonderful thing that, that if you know, you're having a conversation with someone and they, and they express interest, you can just send them a link and they can download an app. I, I love that the church is, um, it's fun to watch watch the church's example of using technology um, well and righteously to help further the work of the Lord. Yeah, it's totally awesome. Yeah. And I hate to break it to you, Rivka, we are the texting generation. Uh, younger than us are definitely messaging. Yeah, don't I say um, messaging, you know? <laughs> snapchat Lied discord whatever else dms is that the phrase yep, like, and that's the phrase slide that app into their dms like i mean don't really, <laughs> just don't spam people with it but i just think it's so Every cool that there's a way you know like here you go here's a book of mormon for you link that's awesome yeah, yeah. i love it yeah and i did presumably actually, you could i did actually pull up the sorry, app go ahead. which i use all the time and i was like really that's it sure enough right there <laughs> just like it's right nice there. super easy yeah i love it yeah and i think in the paper copy well, that i hand out i'm also going to make sure it's got a qr code in there because you can also use those so yep. oh yep very wise i like yep. it burke yeah old and new together working mm -hmm. together yep fantastic well good um this is a good talk good reminder to refocus on the book of mormon of course with come follow me i have been doing great at that, but I have therefore, well, not therefore, but as part of that, I have not been focused on the Book of Mormon. Um, and some occasionally I think, oh, I should really just continue to read that as well. Um, some weeks I'll finish all the Come Follow Me reading and then I'll just sort of dive deeper. I'll read other commentaries or other, you know, articles or whatever the case may be. And sometimes I think, oh, I should, I should read a little Book of Mormon here. Um, so, that's one thing I also took away from me personally is I need to, I felt invited by the spirit to get back into the book of Mormon on a regular basis. So I will try to find a way to do that. Well, that will be it for this talk. Our next talk is going to be what is true by president Russell M. Nelson, president of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
In the meantime, you can get a hold of us on social media at Words of the Prophets Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and through email at Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. So thanks everyone for joining us today, and until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.